Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome back to Unheard. From this week, we are back to a normal schedule. We have a packed program of interesting people to help us investigate what is really going on in a realistic and hopefully thoughtful way. Today, we're going to talk about Russell Brand. The media here has been absolutely covered since Saturday evening with allegations that have emerged against the one-time comedian, now anti-establishment influencer. The accusations concern sexual assault and rape from the period of 2006 to 2013. What we want to really focus on is the reaction because the media has been incredibly divided. There has been, I would call it, an establishment view on the story, which is very uncomplicated, which is that these women are heroes for coming forward, the allegations are absolutely awful, the journalism is exemplary, and anyone who has any other thoughts beyond that is somehow defending a monster. That, I would say, is the dominant view. And meanwhile, on the other side, there is the anti-establishment reaction people who perhaps followed Russell Brand, or at least felt that they were happy that he was asking difficult questions, their view is that one of their most powerful spokespeople is being taken down, being the victim of some kind of coordinated attack, uh, a political witch hunt. So which is it? Well, it's been pretty hard to find anyone who has wise words to say on this topic. So I'm delighted that we have found one person, and that is none other than Mary Harrington, Unheard's star columnist, who wrote a very insightful and balanced and fair piece about Russell Brown for us the other day. She joins us now. Welcome, Mary. Thanks for having me, Freddie. I guess I wanted to start with an idea that you have written about in that piece, which is that we must be able to hold more than one idea in our heads at the same time. That there may be things that both sides of this kind of media argument have got right. I think it's eminently possible that they're all right, yes. It's eminently possible. I mean, I, I, I couldn't speculate on whether or not Russell Brand did those things or not, although he has avowedly, by his own admission, slept with thousands of women over the course of what he describes as a sex addiction. Um, he has argued in a defence 
against these allegations that every single one of those incidents was consensual. I mean, I struggle to see at that rate of throughput how he could remember all of the details of every single encounter. Um, but perhaps perhaps that's what he genuinely believes. It's eminently possible that that's what he genuinely believes, that they were all consensual, that there was no issue, and therefore he believes that he was innocent. It's also possible that some of the women in question may remember those incidents differently. Um, this is it, one of the one of the perennial difficulties in cases of sexual assault um, is that the, the parties on either side may remember what happened very differently. And, and often it can come down to one person's word against another. This is, there's, a, there's a perennial difficulty with, with even bringing such cases to court. I mean, the, 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 the low rate of conviction in cases of, of, sexual, of rape and sexual assault are well known. Um, it's a, a, a topic of, of repeated um, fury and lamentation by feminists, um, and often it comes down to the fact that it's it's that one words one person's word against the other. Um, so it's it's eminently possible that they both that everyone is telling the truth as as they as they remember it, and it's it's eminently possible that those women really feel that they were sexually abused and sexually assaulted, and it's very possible that they're telling the truth about what happened to them, and also that this is coming up now as uh, for political reasons. And my read on this is very straightforwardly that there is we can zoom out from whether or not Russell Brand in particular did those things to the question of how sex and power and public hypocrisy map onto one another. Um, I think it's it's there is a well-known correlation between powerful men, dark triad traits, including you know, uh, sociopathy and narcissism, for example, um, an indifference to other people's feelings and a, a, a regard for and a, and a committed pursuit of one's own desires. This is this this is well known and shown in the psych, psych, psychological literature. Um, so so powerful men often exhibit dark triad traits. We can only speculate as to the correlation between those things. Um, powerful men often get to be powerful by by coercing, charming, beguiling, manipulating other people to do what they want. Um, and not and without taking no for an answer. This is this is also known, and it's it stands to reason that a subset of those men who who are perhaps particularly priapic uh, might might extend um, bending those around them to their will to the domain of sexuality in a way which, from if you're on the receiving end of it, comes across as really quite rapey. Um, I couldn't speculate, as I say. I think it's a matter for. It, it's not. It's beyond my my jurisdiction to say whether Russell Brand was one of these individuals or not. But we have seen many others. I would imagine this this is a pattern that's visible throughout history. I mean, we only have to think about Harvey Weinstein or indeed the entire ecosystem surrounding Epstein, to to note that this is not this is hardly or indeed the grooming gangs gangs in Rotherham. This is the hardly the first instance of. Um, a, a power asymmetry between men and women, which is exploited in order to gain sexual access to the women concerned, and a reluctance for a whole range of different reasons to speak out about that, um, and, and which which only then becomes which which only then gets honed in on in the public conversation. The the exception to speaking out then emerges when there's some political reason. So it's not because the women themselves have suffered; it's because they it's because that person has political enemies. I think we should just restate that because it's important to do that. That. The central argument of the Me Too movement was that the, the kind of power asymmetries you're talking about, particularly in the context of rich and famous men, have for many decades gone pretty much unchallenged and they've been able to get away with things that by today's standards would be completely unacceptable. And in this case, there is, a we should say, an actual, at least one accusation of actual rape, which appears to have evidence behind it. And if that is carried out, of course, full justice should be served. So in that sense, you're, you're endorsing 
the the impetus behind it. You, you, you're saying that these kind of things should be brought to light. I think it's true that power asymmetries are often present in instances of sexual abuse, yes. And I also think it's true that it's appropriate to speak out when that happens. However, um, I think the, the thrust of my argument is not that these things are good, but that this principle is applied very unevenly. This is where those defending Russell Brand also have a point. But in the in the article, I pointed out, you know, I, I argued that their defense of Brand both enacts and also calls out the politicization of sexual wrongdoing in the sense that they are arguing that Brand's other attributes, his, you know, his, his purported ability to speak truth to power, quote unquote, for example, um, should be treated as a mitigating factor in whether or not he actually did these things. You know, I, I see that very few of these people are saying he didn't do it because nobody really knows at the end of the day. And I, I suspect that even those people defending Brand would be would be willing to contemplate the fact that he probably did do those things, whether or not they think it, these things are worth um, criminal repercussions or even social repercussions is a second is another matter. But the defence that's being offered is not he didn't do it. It's um, he's being punished for he's, he's being punished because of politics, and therefore implicitly he should be he should not be punished because of politics. So in a sense, they're perpetuating this this assumption, which I think persists across the board, that 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 other political factors and other other questions of power and politics and who's up and who's down should be treated as mitigating factors in a case of possible sexual wrongdoing. Bluntly, I think Me Too is neither here nor there in that dynamic because it's as old as time and it has persisted it's visibly persisted even even since me too me too has brought some social changes in that there's much more of a spotlight i think on the wrong the potential sexual wrongdoings of powerful men but that doesn't it doesn't follow from that that there are no longer any protected castes of men um, who are considered exempt or partially exempt or or um, entitled to an extra special layer of, of, of politicized unseeing think for example about those men who say they're women and how how much of an effort goes into not seeing the the elevated prevalence of, of sexual wrongdoing and you know the the extremely high rate of sex offenders among the incarcerated that incarcerated population for example uh, consistently across several different countries over half of trans women are sex offenders of the ones who are in prison um, and it takes a considerable amount of effort not to notice a pattern like that um, and the only inference is that it's not being noticed because for political reasons which is essentially the same pattern as as we've been as we saw uh, in the case of a great many other kind of a great many other men it's simply that the focus has moved from from men in positions of status and power who are now con at least sometimes considered fair game since me too so applying that to russell brand it's possible to stop short of a claim of a conspiracy that somehow it's a coordinated media stitch up that has been orchestrated by a particular cabal but still observe that those political factors helped him remain unattacked, unprosecuted for many years when he was, as it were, the darling of the establishment. He, we had Ed Miliband going to his flat mid-general election to be interviewed by him. He was voted the fourth most influential thinker in the world by Prospect magazine. He guest edited The New Statesman. He had a column in The Guardian, etc., etc. During all of those years, these allegations didn't come out now that his politics has become anti-establishment to say the least and he's considered a real political threat i suppose it's fair to observe that he is more of a desirable target um, that 
that there is there is a more of a prize to exposing him now than maybe there were there was in previous decades. I mean, a slightly a slightly less overblown version of that, a slightly less conspiratorial again version of that, might be that Russell Brand isn't really a political threat. Um, he's, it's simply that he no longer works in the institution, the legacy media, and so they just don't care what happens to him anymore. He's no longer one of their own, and there's 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 no no particular professional vested interest in protecting him. So a lot of the a lot of the open secrets, which might have been might have had pre, it, blow, blowing the cover on an open secret, which and 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 suffering professional blowback as a result is just simply not something which applies to Russell Brand anymore. I mean, at the uh, at the end, of, you know, there are. I'm sure we can all think of people about whom it's well known that you know, among insiders that they're a sex pest, um, and and the and these are just not things which are discussed in public um, because there might be professional blowback for doing so. This is this is common. This is something which happens in politics. It happens in high profile situations this this is this is not unusual and i think much more plausible even than the conspiratorial version which says this is a concerted effort to take down russell brand because he's a threat to the institutions or what whatever is simply that he's gone he's gone freelance and just nobody cares anymore so he's so he's fair game it's possible to say he's more he's a more desirable target uh, as as the subject of this kind of investigation. It's worth putting those kind of resources into investigating him now in a way that it wasn't before. I mean, the social media is full of people saying that they are are glad that they've been anxious about him for these other reasons. Um, you know, I'm looking at a tweet here by George Monbiot, who says, I've no insight into the grave allegations against Russell Brand aired this weekend, but I've been concerned for a while about the way he now amplifies groundless conspiracy theories and the far-right influencers who promote them. So there's a sense that you know, this, he's getting his comeuppance. Certainly the case that among some of the people who've picked up and amplified the allegations would, would be keener to believe it of an enemy than a friend. Because, I mean, again, that's a, that's a standard feature of, uh, <laughs> of people. Um, you know, we're, we're, we, all, we all want to think well of our friends and badly of our enemies. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm sure that there are people who, who, would have, who, who would have defended him at one point when, he, when they felt he was on their side. Um, who would leap to, leap to condemn him now that they that they see him as being on on an enemy side? You know, that, yeah, that that feels very plausible. You know, whether whether the whether that friend enemy dynamic was what prompted the initial investigation, I don't think we can know. And I think it's perfectly plausible that that the initial investigation largely happened just because he's he's low hanging fruit because he's no longer he's no longer protected by professional uh, connections within the the media ecosystems which which ran the documentary. I'm trying to carve out a kind of um, plausible ground between these apparently completely opposed groups that you see on social media that will allow for nothing of the other argument, that actually it's possible to both take the accusations really seriously, think that it's important that they come to light and that justice is served, but also recognise that shifting political moods and, as you call them, different friend-enemy camps feed into... The media. I mean, in a sense, that's an obvious statement. It's not a conspiratorial statement. And of course, it affects what kind of stories media choose to go after. Yeah, I'd say that's about that's a fair summary. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. 
Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So what about the actual process then? Even with the politics aside, um, there's been a lot of these style of investigations. And I wonder what you think about some of their features. Like, for example, does the passage of time with these kind of allegations, should it be taken into account? Some people will definitely look at the fact that so many of these uh, accusations were 10 or in, in the case of the new one that has surfaced this morning, 20 years ago, there's an allegation of something taking place in Soho in 2003. Do, does it make you uneasy when the, these allegations are so old? I don't know, is the answer. Should there be a statute of limitations on um, allegations which are difficult to prove, um, but, but that could potentially ruin somebody's reputation anyway? I, d I don't know. Um, uh, that, that's politics, isn't it? Statute of limitations is, is a question um and there's something about well what do you think about this the 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 dramatized nature of the television documentary with actors playing the accusers with sort of close-up filming of their hand movements as if that was a, a indication of their distress um the the public invitations for further victims to come forward both by the metropolitan police and by the media which has now resulted in more accusations this is now quite a common way for these investigations to take place. My question is, is this a mechanism that can lead to justice? Or should we be anxious about it, whether it's true or not? I mean, it's, it's pretty clear that a, a documentary so dramatised 
um, is going to appeal as much to people's prurient interest as it is to any any pursuit of, of meaningful justice. I mean, it's it's difficult to see how 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 justice can be served at this point anyway, unless unless somebody has clear evidence. Um, in which case, in, in 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 which case, absolutely, you know, I, I I hope that can be prosecuted and it should be prosecuted. And I don't think there should be a statute of limitations on on clearly evidenced cases cases of rape and sexual assault. Yeah, absolutely not. For a great majority, this is something more in the order of tabloid titillation and um, you know, public tarring and feathering. Um, and what what justice or even some proper retribution looks like in that case, I don't know. I mean, I suppose I suppose you could, well, one might argue that it serves it serves a sort of pour, pour encourager les autres kind of a kind of a function in 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 discouraging others from going for some putative future title of shagger of the year. I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, perhaps but perhaps these these kind of public spectacles serve, will serve to condition public morality such that. You know, future future priapic excesses um, don't don't leave so many don't leave such a sort of trail of destruction behind them. I don't know. Um, I mean, it's it, it depends. It depends on what you think what you think the expose is for, um, and what you and what justice looks like in that context. I think what you said is exactly what is happening. Public shaming like this will leave a lot of people anxious about their own past, probably about their own behaviours. That it will certainly have an effect on public behaviour. And I suppose the question is whether that's a good way to condition public behaviour. It's a, it's a fearful way. It doesn't involve a kind of clear process. It's an illiberal system, I suppose. You're, to you're talking to somebody who styles herself as a reactionary feminist. This is not, I don't have an issue with the literal means of conditioning public morals. Yeah, that may be a difference between us. Something about it, to me, isn't due process enough. It doesn't feel proper to go after someone purely on the front page of the newspapers with, with historic allegations like this. You know, it feels like justice might be better served with a, in a courtroom or in some other closed environment with a, a, a fairer, more measured process. I have to say, if I'm honest, you know, I, I look at the whole dynamic and I don't find myself defaulting to seeing myself in Russell Brand's position. And thinking, oh, you know, poor, poor Russell Brand. This seems very unfair. Um, I find myself, <laughs> perhaps inevitably, I find myself putting myself in the position of one of those young women, uh, one who perhaps no, no longer so young women. I, I find myself, or or, in, or the great many other women throughout history who found themselves at the sharp end. I mean, again, I don't know what the truth is or is not of the Russell Brand allegations, but there are plenty of others which are well substantiated. You know, young, women who found themselves at the receiving end of um, sometimes unwanted sexual attentions from somebody with a great deal more influence than them, and who may or may not have found somebody willing to listen to their story over the over time. And I, I wish it were not the case that only some of those allegations come to light because a great many um, such um, sexually excessive individuals continue to be protected by the matrix of power and influence that surrounds them. And some of these stories never come to light as, as a result. You know, I, I wish that were not so. Does that does it follow from this that I don't think, you know, that where stories do come to light and are treated 
in a sort of excessive, spectacular fashion, that that shouldn't happen. I don't know the answer to that. I'm very ambivalent on that. I mean, I think you, from from another another downbeat perspective, you might example, you, you might say that in making a spectacular example of one such accused individual, in a sense, you're letting all of the others off the hook. And from that point of view, I would condemn the 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 spectacular sort of sacrificial victim um, of something which is actually an endemic dynamic. Um, which maps onto sex and power and public hypocrisy. You style yourself as a reactionary feminist. There is something quite unusual about the mood when discussing these kind of um, sexual crimes at the moment. It's, at least it's unusual historically. It hasn't happened before. You might say that it has happened at, at previous, more religious moments in history, but what, what's your overall feeling about today's attitude to these kinds of sexual crimes? Very confused. My attitude is that our our collective view is wildly dissonant. I mean, I think it appears to be more or less completely normalised now for adolescent girls to to follow the Instagram to OnlyFans pipeline, for example. You know, they start out posting semi-naked pictures themselves on Instagram. I mean, there's a a well-documented ecosystem of... Um, child erotica consumers and and keywords and algorithms that recommend such content of that kind to to enjoyers of such material on Instagram. Um, and a great many of these girls who who just do it for for, for the fun and the likes and the interaction on, on on Instagram then conclude that fine well I might as well get paid for it on only OnlyFans and then and boom all of a sudden aged eighteen they're cam girls and and the while you know, we seem we seem to tolerate this and we don't seem to view this as a sort of you know, mass mass digital child grooming and yet some a story a story like you know the 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 pseudonymous Alice um, recounted in the Times report on Russell Brand, who was 16 when he was approached, but when she was approached by Brand in Russell Square, and who then had a three-month um, reportedly abusive relationship with him, where various unpleasant things happened to her, um, is is treated as, as horrific. And I'm thinking, how how are we how are we making sense of this cognitive dissonance? I think I think we're very confused about sexuality. We're simultaneously. I mean, I, I was I was reviewing my my go-to. Um, cursed sex education book for teenagers from from the American culture wars this morning which it which I treat as a sort of reference for for, for exactly these kind of cognitive dissonances and I was reviewing what it had to say about virginity and it's and it essentially said that virginity is not a thing um, because you can you can have so there are so many different kinds of first time that you know just just sticking to the cis heteropatriarchal one of penis and vagina sex is, is neither here nor there and therefore there's no such thing as virginity and therefore you can't lose your virginity and therefore there's nothing implicitly there's nothing special about sex but it follows from this that you might as well be having it having it whenever and where whenever and wherever and i think this is which leaves girls such as the pseudonymous alice in an invidious position because they can't say that anything was done to hurt them um after after a potentially abusive relationship provided um, within within this particular rubric that it was consensual, which is, I mean, and, and that's, and, and, and when it's boiled down to, to something so transactional as consent, um, we, it, it's very difficult then to find ways of articulating the intuition that I think a great many people still feel that in fact consent just isn't enough. And in fact, there is something special about, about, about your first sexual experience, that there is something distinctively vulnerable about young women, and that there is a, there is a distinctive pattern 
of sexual predation and sexual vulnerability between a certain subset of older men and uh, very young girls um, that we thought ought to be paid special attention to. And, and, and none, of, none of this fits within, within the received liberal paradigm of how, how we approach and normalise and legitimise and, and celebrate um, sexual liberation, uh, which, which makes responses like this extremely confused and I think probably also contributes to the, 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 the pattern of um, general hand-waving interspersed by periodic witch hunts. Mm. So this is something, it's a sort of half ultra-conservative, half ultra-liberal, you could almost say hypocritical confusion that I suppose makes it quite hard to navigate for ordinary people as well as public figures. I'd say that's pretty accurate. The reaction to this story, to me, strikes me as the yet another staging post in the divisions between the sort of establishment and anti-establishment viewpoints. I, I can't remember a story like this that was so universal in the establishment press and yet which still had so much kickback from really quite powerful, albeit minority, voices uh, you know, we've had Jordan Peterson, Elon Musk, people on television channels, quite a few, quite powerful people with large followings, essentially leaping to Russell Brand's defence. And I don't think that would have happened five years ago. And it, I just wonder what you think. It's almost like an epistemological divide between a whole sort of understanding of what is true set of knowledge, which is contained within the more establishment viewpoint, and now this growing alternative world, which refuses to accept what it is told by the mainstream media. And I just wonder what your reflections are on that. It certainly continues that pattern. I don't know if it's escalated that pattern, which seems pretty well entrenched at this point and has been for yeah, particularly since COVID, which I think was the great, it was the great cleavage, probably also because that was the point where we shifted decisively from being a print first culture to a digital first culture. And I would say that these these kinds of epistemological bubbles, which my, my friend Catherine D calls politics as fandoms, I think is a great way of thinking about it, different epistemological fandoms. Um, I, I think that's a characteristic feature of a digital first culture and it's not going to go away. Uh, what what the prognosis is for any kind of um, co coherent mass politics where where reality itself becomes a series of competing and mutually exclusive fandoms is anybody's guess. I mean, I, if I have one reflection, it's that we could probably all do with going outside. That's a good note to end on. Let's do just that. Thank you, Mary. Thanks, Freddie. Well, clearly it's a very difficult topic, especially as at the moment these are allegations and we are supposed to have a principle of innocent until proven guilty. It's also difficult in the current febrile media atmosphere where people are drawing up public lists, lists of shame of, quote, defenders of Russell Brand as an intimidation or scare tactic. But I hope we managed there to elucidate that it is possible to hold more than one idea in your head at the same time that, on the one hand, these are grave accusations that obviously must be taken seriously, and that aspects of the style of the investigation, the timing, the process... Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. 
Learn more at byheart.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. ...are far from ideal. Thanks to Mary for joining us, and thanks to you, this was unheard.